Once again, thank you for being here at Greensburg Baptist Church today. We are so thankful that you are here to worship Jesus Christ, our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. This this Sunday, we're going to begin just like we have the two previous Sundays. We're going to focus on Advent for just a few minutes. And remember, one of the challenges that I've been giving you over the last few weeks is let's not leave Jesus in the manger as a baby. Let's celebrate that, the fact that he came to the earth as a baby. But let's look forward until the day when he is going to come back again for his second coming. Let's not leave him in in the manger. But just a quick refresher on what the candles stand for that we have lit so far. The first week represents hope or promise. Last week, we focused on preparation. We talked about the fact that John the Baptist prepared the world for the coming of Jesus Christ and for his ministry. And then we talked about what are we doing individually to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus Christ. This morning's candle represents joy. And I'm going to share some scripture from Matthew chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 that says, When they saw the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I wonder this morning, does your life contain that level of joy that we read about in the scripture just now? Today's candle is rose-colored, it's pink, because this is the color that traditionally symbolizes joy. And as we think about that joy, think about the fact that Jesus is coming back. That should cause the Christian to be truly joyful. Again, let's not leave Jesus in the manger as a baby. Let's focus on the fact that he is coming back again And as we think about that for just a moment, the candle that represents joy and the joy that we are supposed to have, I wonder this morning, do you have joy this Christmas? Do you have joy? Because it is so easy to fall into the trap of being so busy that it almost sucks the joy out of our lives. Let's keep our focus on Jesus. Let's keep our eyes upon Jesus. Let's remember what this season is truly about and what we're celebrating. It's not about the gifts, the material gifts that we give each other. It's about the gift that came to this earth in the form of a baby that came to die for us to offer the free gift of salvation to the world. So this morning and every day, I pray that we will live lives that are full of joy. Now this morning we are continuing our sermon series in the book of 1 John and I have really sought the Lord a lot about whether to continue in 1 John in that series or to preach a Christmas message. And I felt as I prayed more and more about that that I was supposed to continue in 1 John this morning and we will have a traditional Christmas sermon next Sunday morning. But you'll probably remember if you were here last Sunday morning that we began 1 John chapter 3. And so today will allow us to finish the, the third chapter of the book of 1 John. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I'd encourage you, find 1 John chapter 3. We're going to begin in verse 11 this morning. And while you're finding your way there, I just want to remind you of the context of this book. It was written by John 
uh, somewhere in the time period of AD 70 to AD 95. And then the theme that I have reminded you of each and every time we've been in the sermon series is this. It is very, very important that we see this and see that it appears all throughout this book. And it's this, God is light and God is love. And believers show their love for God by loving one another. We're going to see that present itself in our text this morning. It is very important that we as believers actually show our love for God by loving one another. So if this morning, if you are physically able to stand, I want to invite you to stand right now to honor the reading of God's Word. Again, 1 John chapter 3, beginning with verse 11. And I do want to remind you, this is indeed the Word of God. And it reads as follows. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not Love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children... Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments And do what pleases him. And this is his commandment. That we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Would you pray with me please? Father, thank you for the reading of your holy word. And Father, now for the next few minutes, I pray that you will just simply hide me behind your cross. Lord, I pray that your anointing will be upon me this morning as I preach your word. And I pray that I will faithfully point these people to you and to the cross. Father, I pray for people that are hearing my voice right now, whether it is someone who is physically in the sanctuary or whether it's someone on the live stream or someone who is listening on the radio. If there is anyone hearing my voice right now that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that this will be the day that we will experience salvation in this place. I pray that we will leave here rejoicing for the great things you've done. Father, may Jesus be glorified in this place. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray these things. Amen. Now, the title 
of this morning's message is don't be surprised. If you were here last week, you probably remember that the title of that message was Don't Be Deceived. But this week, we're going to be focusing on this theme of Don't Be Surprised. And if you didn't catch it already, as I read the text just a few moments ago, you will see it when we get to that text. That comes directly from our scripture this morning, the fact that we are not, we are not to be surprised. The first thing we're going to see this morning as we look at God's Word in verses 11 through 18 is this, is that Jesus laid down His life for us. And as believers, as true believers, as true followers of Jesus Christ, we should do the same thing for one another. Now, a number of times throughout this particular sermon series, as I've made certain points, I've made the statement, that just seems like a given, doesn't it? It just seems like a given. And I even think that about this point that is on the screen right now. We know that Jesus laid down his life for us. We're going to be talking about that more in detail here in just a few minutes. And so if we are truly followers of Jesus Christ, since Jesus laid down his life for us, then we should do the same thing for our brothers and our sisters in Christ. Now, that just sounds like a given, doesn't it? But is that what we actually do? Do we lay down our lives for anyone? Or is it all about what we want? Again, if we're true followers of Jesus, we are to lay down our lives for each other. Now, John is going to tell us this morning in our text what love is. He starts off in verse 11 and says, he reminds us, this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And I think it's interesting when we look at our text this morning that before John tells us what love is, he first tells us what love is not. And it's important that we see that. And he starts out with a very, very vivid Example, verse 12, he says, We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And then he goes on and he expands on that. Why did he murder him? It's because Cain's own deeds were evil and his brother was righteous. His brother's deeds were righteous. And as a result, Cain He murdered his brother. Just let that sink in for just a moment. Folks, that's how serious that sin is. That is how how serious that bitterness, that unforgiveness, that jealousy is. We're going to see in the text in just a few minutes that if we harbor those things in our heart, then we're regarded as murderers. And that, that is... That is a lot to take in. But then he tells us in verse 13, don't be surprised. And that's where, that's where the title of this morning's message comes from. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. So why would the world hate us? Well, the world will hate us if we are truly following Jesus. If we are performing deeds that are righteous, we will stand out from the world. We will stand out from the world, and a lot of people, as a result, will not like us. 
Live a righteous life anyway. Live a righteous life anyway. I would rather live a righteous life and be hated by the world than to not live a righteous life and be driven by the enemy. So love, love when it's hard. Even love when it's hard. Is it easy? No, but it is worth it. And even though the Scripture tells us that we should not be surprised, it doesn't mean that it's easy to do. But I will tell you, Jesus will provide the strength. In verse 14, I want to be sure that we don't confuse what it's saying. That, that particular verse says we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Now, I want to be sure that we don't think that loving our brothers is what gives us eternal life. That is not what this verse is saying. However... If we have experienced eternal life, and by the way, as I I remind you often, eternal life begins at the moment of our salvation. Eternal life doesn't begin in heaven. Eternal life begins at the moment of our salvation. So if we have experienced that eternal life, then the overflow of our heart will be to love and to lay down our lives for other people. Now, the Scripture in verse 15 says everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. That's hard. That's hard to take, isn't it? But that's how serious that hate is this morning. That is how serious that bitterness is. And it says, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Now, I want you to stay with me. For the duration of this message, because I promise you there's some good news that's coming. These initial verses are heavy. And you might even hear these verses and think, how on earth could I live this life? How could I live this life? Hold on to that just a moment. There is good news coming at the end of this text. I will promise you that. But at the same time, I don't want us to miss this point of how serious that bitterness, how serious that hate is. And if you find that you're in a pattern of that, then you need to take a look internally at your own heart. You need to do a spiritual checkup to make certain that you are truly following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And now we're going to see that John does a contrast here. What he does, he contrasts the hatred that we've just seen with the love that Jesus Christ has for us. So let me ask you a question this morning. How much does Jesus love us? How much does he love us? We can just look to the cross to know the answer to that. He loves us so much that he was willing to go to the cross for us. And when he went to the cross, he experienced a physical death. He experienced horrible pain. His body was removed from the cross and it was buried. But he didn't stay dead. He rose in three days. He went through all of that so we could have eternal life. But since we're in the Christmas season this morning, I want to tell you, eternal life, salvation, it is indeed a free gift. But it's one that we have to receive. 
You know, if I were to give any of you a present this morning wrapped in a box, just taking that present doesn't do you any good. You've got to make the decision that you're going to receive it. Just me giving you that box, it does you no good unless you say, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take that gift that he has given me. Jesus offers us salvation, and it is free. It cost him his life, but it's free to us. But we have each individually got to make the decision whether or not we are going to accept the free gift of salvation. And if we truly do that, then he transforms our heart from one degree of glory to another, just like we talked about last week in in last week's message so let's never forget the great amount of love that jesus has for us look at verse 17 john goes on to tell us but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him how does god's love abide in him so if our eyes see our brother's in need, and we make the decision, I'm not going to do anything about that, even though I could. Even though I could, I'm not going to do anything about that. The Scripture asks us this morning, is how, how can God's love, how does God's love abide in you if you can see that and not do anything? And I want to remind you again, these verses are tough, they're heavy. But I do want to remind you that they are indeed God's Word. And I hope you can see that this morning from the Scripture that's on the screen behind me. By the way, that is one of the reasons that I always intend to preach with words of Scripture on the screen behind me. I don't ever want there to be a situation where you wonder, is he actually preaching God's Word? I hope it's plain to see this morning that this is Scripture that's asking these questions. It's, it's not just me standing up here asking questions. And in verse 18, John calls the readers little children. And I think he does this to get their attention. And I hope this morning that when we hear that, that it grabs our attention too. Because he said, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And, you know, there's a big difference in those things. There's a big difference in saying I love my brother and my sister in Christ. There's a big difference in that than actually demonstrating it, that we love, that we love each other most of the time. If you'll think about this for just a moment, you'll know that what I'm saying is true. Most of the time, our actions reveal our heart. Most of the time, our actions reveal our heart. And so what are our actions saying about our hearts this morning? Are we people that speak a lot of words? Or do we show the world that we actually love each other, our brothers and sisters in Christ? Remember what, John, what Jesus said in the book of John, a new commandment, I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And that goes right along with the overall theme that we see appear throughout this entire book. 
But I've got to ask us a question again this morning. When the world looks at me, when the world looks at you, and let's not, let's not make a mistake here. They are looking. They are looking. They're looking to see how we react to things. They're looking to see how we communicate with each other. But as the outside world looks in, what do they see? What are they seeing? Are they seeing people who are all about the mission of Jesus Christ, who love each other, or are they seeing something else? I pray that they see Jesus when they look at this church. I pray that they see Jesus when they look at me. I pray that they see Jesus when they look at you. But let's be clear. If they're seeing bitterness and hate, if that's what our lives indicate, if when people look at me, they see bitterness, if when people look at me, they see hate, then I am not showing them a reflection of Jesus. And that's the call. We are supposed to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. Now, in the remainder of our text this morning, the good news is coming, so stay with me. True followers of God can have confidence before Him. and That is wonderful news. Again, I want to remind you that we live in a world that is infested with sin. And even in the midst of that, especially in the midst of that, true followers of God can indeed have confidence before Him. And that, again, that is great, great news. Now, there, there will likely be times in our journey with Christ that we will mess up, that we will fall short of God's will for our lives. But when those, when those times happen, again, the good news is coming this morning. When those times happen, I want to encourage you, confess that. Run to Jesus. Do not run away from Him. Jesus is waiting to forgive us of our sins. But we need to run to Him, not run away from Him. Again, there will be times when we're going to fail. We live in this world that is absolutely infested with sin. We can't lose sight of the fact that Satan is always at work. And I'm going to tell you, if you experience the day as you think, I don't think Satan's bothered me today. You better look out. It's coming. If you're truly following Jesus, Satan will attack you. Let's not be surprised when it happens. Let's keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus Christ. Let's press on toward the goal. It is absolutely worth it. Can I tell you this morning, God is so much greater than anything that the enemy will ever throw in our path. God is greater, but we've got to keep our eyes up on Him. We have got to keep our eyes on Him. Remember, God sees all. He knows all. He hears all. He knows whether or not we're truly a follower of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, He wants you to know whether or not you are truly following Him as your Lord and Savior. We can know. We can know whether or not we are truly following Him. So what are we supposed to do when we fail? Are we to give up? Absolutely not. Church, keep your eyes upon Jesus. Confess our sins that we've committed. And then after that, let's get to loving each other. 
Let's get to loving each other. Verse 24 tells us, Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. That's the confidence that he wants us to have this morning. That is the confidence that he wants us to have. The invitation this morning, of course, it's for the lost, for the person who has never asked Christ to be their Lord and Savior. I want you to know if that describes you this morning, there would be no finer day than to give your life to Jesus Christ today. Remember, life can be so short. It can be so uncertain. Our lives could end today. Jesus could come back today. That's the other possibility. It could be today that Jesus comes back. If that were to happen, are you ready? Are you ready to stand before him? And let me tell you, if if you have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not ready to stand before him. I can answer that question for you. And perhaps this morning you're here or you're hearing my voice. Maybe you're watching on the live stream. And you know that's you that I'm talking about right now. Maybe you know I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. I've never asked Him to be my Lord and Savior, and I'm not sure that I know how. But can I tell you something this morning? It's not nearly as difficult as many people try to make it. In fact, it's so simple that I truly believe a child can understand it. You've heard me say many times, it's the ABCs of salvation. We've got to admit that there is something in our lives that does not please God, and that something is called sin. There is absolutely no sin that pleases God. We've got to be willing to admit that, that we're a sinner. We've got to be able to realize that our sin has separated us from a pure and a holy God. We've got to believe that Jesus is God's Son. We've got to believe that everything that the Bible says is indeed true. We've got to believe that. We've got to believe that Jesus loved us so much. Just like we were talking this morning in the sermon, we've got to believe the fact that Jesus loved us so much that he went to the cross for us and that he gave his life for us. He experienced such horrible torture. He physically died. His body was removed from that cross. He was placed in a tomb, but he didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day, and that is why we celebrate Easter. And then we've got to be willing to confess. That's the C in the ABCs of Christianity. And that confessing, we've got to confess our sins. We've got to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that confessing process involves turning from a willful life of sin. If we're willing to do those things, then Christ will come into your heart and He will be your Lord and Savior. I wonder this morning, are you ready to stand before Him today? The second part of the invitation is for the church, for people who are truly believers this morning and followers of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you've realized this morning that there is unforgiveness in your heart. Perhaps you've realized this morning that there is bitterness in your heart. 
if that's the case, I encourage you to come kneel at the foot of the cross. Give those things to Jesus. Confess those things between you and him. He will forgive you for those things. And then just as I said earlier, let's get to loving each other after that. So when the world looks at us, that they will see love. And the final part of the invitation this morning is that I suspect that there are people here this morning that are carrying various burdens. And can I tell you something? Those burdens can get so heavy to the point that we feel like we can't carry them ourselves. Can I tell you some more good news this morning? Jesus wants you to give those burdens to him. They are not too heavy for him. He will carry our burdens if we will give them to him. I wonder this morning, will we do that? Whatever the need is, I pray that during this time of invitation that you will come and kneel at the foot of the cross. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you for one more opportunity to to preach your word. Father, I thank you for your text that we have looked at this morning. And even though part of that text is heavy, even though part of that text is hard, we know that our hope is in Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray right now that if there is anyone who is hearing my voice that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that your convicting power will fall upon their heart, on their life. I pray that this will be the day that they will confess their sins and ask you to be their Lord and Savior. Father, if there are other people here who are struggling with unforgiveness, with bitterness, with anything, Lord, I pray that we will give those things to you. Father, if if there are people here that are carrying heavy burdens this morning, we know, just like that old song says, burdens are lifted at Calvary. But in order for them to be lifted at Calvary, we, we had to be willing to give them to you and let you carry them. Lord, I pray that we will do that today. Lord, I pray that you will be on full display here today and always. And may Jesus be forever glorified. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.